Welcome to Harrison Church. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope that you enjoy this week's message from Pastor Elizabeth. You may be seated. <laughs> well, they, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So it's, it's um, a big week for our church and a big week for some of our church families. We're recognizing the graduates at, at our next service. And I just wanted to acknowledge that because it's a huge moment in the lives of so many people. A pivotal moment for young adults, a pivotal moment for families, and, um, and an important moment. So just to, to remind you, you might see it in your bulletins, um, say a prayer for families, for graduates. If you see them, speak to them. Um, and celebrate this moment of their lives. My son graduated from high school last year, and so we were going through all of this, and this year, he's back. <laughs> for the summer, for the summer. And uh, I, you know, I told my husband yesterday, I said, I'm just not even going to look in his room. I- I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to look. I'm going to keep the door shut. And my husband said, I'll give you a week. So pray for me. Pray for us. <laughs> I don't want to give in. I just want to keep the door shut. But anyway, it, it's interesting to have him back, uh, to say the least. Um, but it's great to have him back as well. If you will, please stand. <laughs> We're going to be reading um, from Luke's gospel this morning. It's a pivotal moment in the lives of the disciples. And so it's an important story for us to pay attention to and to understand how that pivotal moment leads us today. So I'm reading from uh, chapter 24, verse 36, beginning there. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and terrified, and they thought they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while in their joy they were still disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. And then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I'm sending upon you what you, what the Father has promised, so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and with great joy returned to Jerusalem, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in thy sight. Amen. So I wanted to open up this time together with a little quiz. You ready? Now, I'm going to say something and ask you to respond with the name of the movie that it's from. I didn't make that clear in the first uh, service, and you'll see in a minute why that was a mistake. First phrase, frankly, my dear, <laughs> even with instruction, come on, <laughs> name the movie, oh, was I not clear again? Ah, oh yeah, okay, frankly, my dear, what movie? Gone with the wind, right, of course, how about, how about this one, here's looking at you, kid, oh, Auntie M, there's no place like home. Good, good, good. And just for those of you who are feeling left out because you hadn't gotten one right yet, how about this? I am Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man, absolutely. There you go, there you go. So we, we have these famous last words, right? Or close to the end words. These words that we remember, trivial but fun, and they just stick in our mind and, and, and not easily forgotten. We also have famous last words that we hear at pivotal moments in our lives, not necessarily when something is over for good, but rather just a transition from one part of our lives to the next or a transition from one experience to the next. When I was 16, I was going to be an exchange student in Argentina, and my family took me to the gate. You could do that then at the airport. Everybody went to the gate with me, and my father looked at me, and he said these words, and I'll never forget them. He said, there is no place you can go in this world that if you need me, I won't get to you. There's no place you can go that if you need me, I can't get to you. And, and you know, my father was always good to his word. So there was no reason not to believe him. I was going to another hemisphere. I was going to be below the curve of the globe, if you're looking on a globe. I mean, not Patagonia, just a little bit further north, but with sea, lion, sea lions and penguins. And yet I knew that my father was good to his word and that if I needed him, he would be there. Words matter. Keeping our word matters. And as we see Jesus in this text today, he is offering some last words to his disciples. At least in how Luke records this passage. He is telling them one last time some of the things he thinks they need to know, to remember. Some of the things perhaps that will bring them comfort. Some of the things perhaps that will compel them in their faithfulness. So he's offering these words to them. Now, Luke is unique in the entire scriptures. Luke is unique because in this book, there is a part one and a part two. So in this book, at the very end of Luke, Jesus is ending with his ascension into heaven. Ascension is just a big word for he's getting ready to go up into heaven. And we see that here. Part two of Luke is the book of Acts, same author. 
And so everything that Luke tells the disciples in these final moments, last uh, chapter 24, he's going to then send the power of the Holy Spirit upon them in part two, which is Acts, and we'll get to that next week. But for now, I want us to consider these last words Jesus has for them then and why they matter for us today. So he walks into their midst, and of course they're startled. They didn't see him coming. Things were tense in Jerusalem right now. It had just been about 40 days since Easter. There was a lot going on, a lot of suspicion, a lot of misinformation, fake news, a lot of mistrust, a lot of bewilderment, a lot of fear. The disciples are on the edge. They want to believe but they're not sure. They want to believe. They've seen Jesus. They heard that he came to the women at the tomb. He'd had breakfast with them. He had appeared to them, but had left. They want to believe, but they're still not sure. And so into this tension and into these people who are just on the edge and full of fear for any number of reasons, Jesus walks into their midst and says these words that absolutely don't make sense. Jesus says to them, in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your bewilderment, in the midst of your doubt and your fear, peace be with you. Peace, people of God. Peace, disciples, be with you. I know you've got a lot going on. I know you've got a lot to consider I know you're at a pivotal moment in your lives. I know, frankly, that I'm not going to be around in bodily form for much longer. But right now, I want you to know that I am offering you peace, and I would not offer it if it could not be achieved. He walks into their midst. He says, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. And I think he was talking about more than just their belief he might be a ghost. Peace be with you in these times. Peace be with you in this tumultuous event. Peace, people of God, don't be afraid. I'm good to my word. I think it's interesting that he begins his last discourse with the disciples, their last conversation, with a very traditional Arabic Hebrew greeting. We've seen it throughout the Gospels. We've had it for thousands of years, even way back into the dim mystery senses of the past. Jews, Arabs would say to their people, peace be with you as the customary greeting. And Jesus chooses this greeting to begin the end, and perhaps to offer not just peace, but a little bit of comfort with the familiar, right? Sometimes when times are changing and changing rapidly, sometimes when we have no idea what's coming next, sometimes when we have an idea about what's coming next, we just need a little comfort. And so perhaps these words of peace have something to do with with understanding that while times change and while we may not know what's ahead, God's peace still is offered to us, to them, and to us now. Peace 
be with you in these crazy times, people of God. Peace be with you when there are bills to pay and children to raise. And peace be with you when there are errands to run and you have to get on 485 to get to them. I'm giving you peace. Peace be with you, people of God, when there is yet another mass shooting. I'm giving you peace, people. Peace, people of God, when there are floods and tornadoes affecting the Midwest. Peace, people of God. I know it might be hard to believe, but I'm offering it to you. Peace, people of God. And I think one of the reasons that Jesus can do this back then when it was crazy, right now when it's crazy, I think Jesus offers this peace, one, because it was customary, but it's so much more than that. I think that Jesus offers this peace because it's a gift from God. Otherwise, how else in the world would it exist? Peace that Jesus brings to us is that internal grace that is manifested outwardly. Peace is a gift from God to the people of God. No doubt, for thousands of years, and even to this day, can we understand that God offers us peace in the midst of our crazy lives. The good kind of crazy, the bad kind of crazy, the unbeknown kind of bewilderment. God offers Peace as a gift. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He doesn't offer it to us so that we'll keep it to ourselves. That's not the story of the scripture. Again, from beginning to end, from the covenant with Abraham and Sarah, God offers us peace so that... We will share it with others. Abraham and Sarah were told thousands of years prior to Christ that they were called apart, set apart. They and their descendants would be the people of God so that they, the people of God, would be a blessing to this world. Blessing is not something meant to be withheld, nor is peace. And so Jesus comes in this final conversation and says, we're going to start with those words of peace, people of God, because I'm giving it to you so that you will share it with others, because if you don't, <laughs> who will? Who will? This gift that's internal, I will offer it to you so that you may call it forth in this world, in other people especially when we need it the most. Now, he's not promising a rose garden. We know that. Peace doesn't mean everything's going to be tranquil, you know, like a duck on the top of the surface and everything looks like he's just swimming right along, but under the surface he's paddling for all, his, all he's worth. Peace doesn't mean surface level, calm, seemingly having it all together. Peace goes deep so that it may attach and move out. 
So Jesus calls us into this place of peace, reminds us what the people of God have known for thousands of years, that we are to be a people of peace so that we may offer it to others, not the surface, but the depths of it. The stuff that gets us through. The stuff that connects us, not just to those whom we know, but to those we may not ever meet. I'm offering you my peace, and this peace is a gift from God shared with you to be shared with others. Now, I'm often amused by bumper sticker theology. I took a picture. Tim, if you want to put that one up. I'm often amused by bumper sticker theology, right? Have you seen this one? No Jesus, N-O, no peace, no Jesus, K-N-O and so on. Absolutely, I get it. But it's not that simple, is it? I don't think peace is a, necessarily a, a formula, a tip for tat, you do this and you'll get that. I don't think that's it at all. I, I don't think that peace can be controlled or manipulated or demanded. I, I, not that peace that's of the soul. I think it's true, but it's not just a given. It's not just a slogan on a bumper sticker. It's something that's called forth. And what I found interesting in this text this year, in particular, was that Jesus follows up this gift of peace with a here's how. Not a formula, but the experience of Christian life. Jesus follows up in these next few verses with a here's how. Look at my hands and my feet and see that it is I myself. Touch and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. People of God, we worship a resurrected Lord. And if death cannot contain him, the sky's the limit. We are a people of resurrection, and I think as Jesus was simply trying to soothe the disciples and remind them that it was he in the flesh, he was also telling them and us that the pivot point of our faith, the resurrection of Christ, that if God can do that, God can do anything. And if we remember that, then that peace, which is a gift internal and spread outward, then it begins to take hold. But what we absolutely can't do is fail to remember just what God is capable of. And it may not come on our timetable. <laughs> it may not come in the ways that we expect it. And yet we are God's people. We are those of a resurrected Christ, those who live a resurrected faith. And the sky is the limit and hope abounds. See my hands and my feet. It is I, people of God. And for that very reason, hope abounds. And we trust that peace is possible. So we have the spectacular, the miraculous. We have this way of experiencing God, of having faith in the resurrection that makes all things possible, even peace. And yet, Jesus continues in this text, and I, I think, with a message again for us, have you had, do you have anything here to eat? Let's have a fish fry. And he took it, and he ate it in their presence. Jesus goes from the miraculous to the mundane. 
and invites the people of God not just to experience Jesus solely in the resurrection, but to experience God around the table as we share a meal. Peace is possible because of the miraculous. It's possible when we also live into it in the everydayness of life. The ups and the downs, the trials, the joys, the tribulations, the challenges, the celebrations. Peace is possible just at a simple meal. Peace is possible in the miraculous, in the mundane, just as God's people come together and break bread and make sure all are welcomed at the table. That's the peace that comes from God as a gift from God that moves from God's people outward. The miraculous, the mundane, peace is possible when you remember these, these things, Jesus says. And then he reminds them, don't fail to study your scripture. Don't fail to think about all that happens in the law and the prophets and the Psalms. Don't fail to stay in the word because again, as you do, you will realize that God is true to his word. Sometimes it's manifested in unexpected ways. Jesus himself is testimony to that. But God is true to his word from way back. All the way up to the time of Christ as he ascended into heaven and 2,000 years later. Stay in the word. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. Have conversation with one another. This is how... You receive and offer peace. I love it when people say, I just need a neon sign, God. Just tell me what to do. He's telling us. Stay connected. The miraculous, the mundane, the daily attentiveness to the word of God, the living word of God, that is a gift to be shared. I think it's interesting how Jesus, again, like I said, connects the past of God's people from the beginning here to be a blessing to the earth, to God's people then and now to continue to be that blessing, to offer a peace that a world is in such, that is in such desperate need. And that's how he ends. That's what he says just before he blesses them and is lifted into heaven. He said these things, you are now my witnesses. You are now my people. You are now those who will share the story. You are now those who will offer the grace. You are now those who will get out of here and go and do and invite and share all that you have experienced with all who you meet. The disciples could have stayed tucked away in their fear, in their doubt, in their bewilderment. They could have done any of that. And yet Jesus said, hold on only for a few minutes until I send the Holy Spirit because it's coming. Hold on so that you may receive that power which we now have received. Hold on and then go forth. Because what is true now and what has always been true is that God works through the likes of us. And God offers the miraculous and the mundane and the living word through us. Go forth and offer what you've received. And may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. Find all other podcasts, including archives from previous pastors, on iTunes and Google Play. You can also view the sermons on the web at harrisonchurch.org. And as always, to keep up with the latest Harrison happenings, you can visit us on Facebook or our website, again, harrisonchurch.org.